Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna. Krishna Hare Hare Jaya Prabhu Pada Jaya Prabhu Pada Jaya Prabhu Pada Jaya Prabhu Pada All glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to Sri Sri Guru and Gauranga. You can wear it. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 7, Text Number 12 Tatome Mataram Rishi Samaniya Nijashrame Ashwasye Hoshyatam Vatse Yavate Bratur Agamaha Tatome Mataram Rishi Samaniya Nijashrame Ashwasye Hoshyatam Vatse Yavate Bratur Agama Tatome Mataram Rishi Samaniya Nijashrame Ashwasye Hoshyatam Vatse Yavate Bhraturagamaha
series. For word, please repeat. Tataha. Thereafter. May. My. Mataram. Mother. Rishi. The great saint Narada Rishi. Samaniya. Bringing. Nija Ashrame. To his own ashram. Ashvasya. Giving her assurance. Iha, here. Ushyatam, stay. What say? My dear child, Yavat, until. Te, your. Bhartu, of the husband. Agama, coming. Translation. Prahlad Maharaj continued. The great saint Narada Muni brought my mother to his ashram and assured her of all protection, saying, My dear child, please remain at my ashram until the arrival of your husband. Text 13. So there's no purport. I'll read till text 14, which has a purport. Tateti avat siddhevarshir antike sakuto bhaya Yava daitya patir tapaso na nyavartata. After accepting the instructions of Devarshi Narad, my mother stayed in his care without fear from any direction. As long as my father, the king of, Daitya's, of the Daityas, had not become free from his severe austerities. Text 14. Rishim. Pariyacharatatra bhaktya paramayasati antarvatnisva garbhasya shema yecha prasutaye. Translation My mother, sorry, translation My mother, being pregnant, desired the safety of her embryo and desired to give birth after her husband's arrival. Thus she stayed at Narad Muni's ashram where she rendered. Unto where she rendered service unto Narad Muni with great devotion. Purport. It is stated in Srimad Bhagavatam 9.19.17 Matra Svatsra Duhitra Va Navi Viktas Sanobhavet Balavan Indriya Gramo Vidvamsam Apikarshati one should not remain in a secluded place with a woman, even one's mother, sister, or daughter. Nonetheless, although one is strictly prohibited from staying with a woman in a secluded place, Narad Muni gave shelter to Prahlad Maharaj's 
young mother, who rendered service to him with great devotion and faith. Does this mean that Narad Muni transgressed the Vedic injunctions? Certainly he did not. Such injunctions are intended for mundane creatures. But Narad Muni is transcendental to mundane categories. Narad Muni is a great saint and is transcendently situated. Therefore, although he was a young man, he could give shelter to a young woman and accept her service. Haridas Thakur also spoke with a young woman, a prostitute in the dead uh, where is it gone? In the dead of night, but the woman could not deviate his mind. Instead, she became a Vaishnavi, a pure devotee, by the benediction of Haridas Thakur. Ordinary persons, however, should not imitate such highly elevated persons. Devotees, sorry. Ordinary persons must strictly observe the rules and regulations by staying aloof from the association of women. One should imitate Narad Muni. No one should imitate Narad Muni or Haridas Thakur. It is said, Vaishnavera Kriya Mudra Vigyena Bujhaya. Even if, a learn, even if a man is very learned in learning, he cannot understand the behavior of a Vaishnava. Anyone can take shelter of a pure Vaishnav without fear. Therefore, in the previous verse, it has been distinctly said, Devarsher Antike Sakuto Bhaya. Kayadhu, the mother of Prahlad Maharaj, stayed under the protection of Narad Muni without fear from any direction. Similarly, Narad Muni, in his transcendental position, stayed with a young woman without fear of deviation. Narad Muni, Haridas Thakur, and similar Acharyas, especially empowered to broadcast the glories of the Lord, cannot be brought down to the material platform. Therefore, one is strictly forbidden to think that the Acharya is an ordinary human being. Gurushru Naramati. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnananjana Shlakaya Chakshur Unmulitam Yena Tasmay Shri Gurave Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vanda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So Prahlad Maharaj's friends, uh, his schoolmates are asking I trying, wanted to know from him how he was able to um, assimilate transcendental knowledge because they all did not have any contact with any saintly persons. So the only contact they had, because they were young children, four or five years old, the only contact they had with was Sanda and Amarka, right? the, the teachers. And Prahlad Maharaj he was the son of Hiranyakashipu, so the son of a king, and he was living in a palace. His movements were very closely monitored. So they had this, naturally they had this, um, they were very inquisitive to, inquisitive to know, how come he knows so much bhakti? How come he's imparting such great knowledge at such a young age? Uh, so they, they were really curious to know, how, how did he acquire this? So here, um, Prahlad Maharaj is explaining the story of how he came in contact with Narad Muni. So Hiranyakashipu, 
uh, one time he went to Mandalachara to perform great tapasya, severe penances. So he left behind his pregnant wife, Kayadu. And in the womb of his pregnant wife was the great saint, Prahlad Maharaj. So taking this opportunity, the demigods uh, thought this is a great opportunity to get rid of the demons because Hiranyakashipu is away for some time doing tapasya. We can attack the demons, uh, which they did, and they also saw that his seed is in the womb of Kayadu. And if Hiranyakashipu is such a great demon, it's very likely that his son will also be a great demon, the child will be a great demon. So they thought to take decisive action. Um, their plan was to kidnap Kayadu, take her back, and then when she gives birth, they will kill the child. So Narad Muni, Narad Muni interjected, he stopped them and he said, There's, you can't kill this child because uh, this child is a great devotee, a saint. There's no way you can kill him. It's not possible. So you, you, you leave her and I'm going to take her under my shelter. So then Narad Muni brought Kayadu to his ashram. So do you know where Narad Muni's ashram is? It's, it's in Braj, near Govardhan. So he, he took Kayadu over there. Um, so you know Narad Muni has been cursed by Daksha that he cannot stay in one place as a sannyasi because Narad Muni tried to convert the sons of Dakshas, the Hariyashvas and what were the other ones? Shavalasvas, yes. So he gave them instruction in devotional service and uh, the first lot became brahmacharis. <laughs> so his father was not happy. And then the same thing happened with the second lot. So he was very upset and his father cursed, uh, Daksha cursed Narada Muni to, um, that he can't reside in one place forever. So he was cursed to travel, which Narad Muni took as a great boon. So Narad Muni is a sannyasi, he's a preacher. So for a preacher, a preacher is always interested in preaching the glories of Krishna to, to everyone. So he took this as a great benediction that I can travel and this condition souls everywhere in the material world. So I can, I can just travel and keep preaching. A rolling stone gathers no moss, there's a saying. Um, so he was cursed and then, then how come he has an ashram? So one time Narad Muni, he wanted to, um, he came to Vrindavan, he wanted to see the rasa dance. So all males were forbidden and he took a, a female form, he, he, he took a female form and he, he was, you know, spying like that. So, you know, Krishna caught him. Actually, uh, Lord Shiva forbade him. To, to enter the Rasa Leela and then he took a female form and then he was caught by Krishna um, and then so, so Lord Krishna told him I don't want you to be here I want you to instead compile I want you to compile the Narada um, Pancharatra and the Bhakti Sutras right here and he said I can't do that because I've been cursed to to travel everywhere by Daksha 
So Krishna said, here in the dham, these curses don't apply. You, you can stay here. So then that became his ashram and he compiled these shastras over there. So that's where he gave uh, shelter to Kayadu. So Kayadu was uh, given shelter. So it's interesting, Narad Muni is, Narad Muni is a renunciate and he took and he gave shelter to a woman. So here it is being said that uh, Prabhupada in the purport mentions that one should not intimately associate, one should not associate with a woman in a secluded place. What, what to speak of intimately. One should not even associate with one's mother, sister or daughter uh, in a secluded place. Matras vasra duhitra va navi vikta sano bhavet balavan indriya gramo vidvamsam apikarshati. So this injunction might sound very, um, might sound very, you know, how is this possible? Like, this is my, my mother, you know. Can't even associate with my mother, sister, or daughter, my own daughter. But it is said, Balavan Indriya Gramo Vidvam Samapikarshati, that the senses are so strong that they can even distract the mind of um, a Vidwan, you know. So uh, even a learned person, his mind can be distracted. Such is the power of the illusory energy. So as we know, we are tiny jivas, we are tiny minute living entities. We are the Tatashta Shakti of the Lord. We are the marginal energy. And we can be bewildered very easily by the Antaranga Shakti or the Bahiranga Shakti. So we can easily be bewildered by the external, by the internal energy or the external energy. Because we are tiny. And Krishna is, Krishna is unlimited, full of potencies. And his energies, Maya, is also very powerful. He says, Mama Maya Duratyaya, right? This material energy of mind, comprising of the three modes of material nature, is very powerful. So we can easily be bewildered. And we are bewildered. When we see we come as a jiva, when we come in contact with material objects, um, we are easily influenced by them. So everyone has their... Um, you know, weaknesses. So we, we, we are, we can see we are easily covered over by Maya. If we are not associating with uh, devotees, with the internal energy in the form of devotees, the holy name, Prasadam, the Shastras, then we are very easily swayed by, by mundane association and by matter. <clears throat> we see that effect on us. So here it is said that uh, he, um, of, of all the material energy, especially um, the association with a woman is very powerful, or for a woman the other way around. It's the association with the opposite sex is, is very bewildering. So in the Srimad Bhagavatam, in the third canto, 31st verse, text 40, there's a nice verse. Um, Yopayati shanair maya yoshit deva vinirmita tam ikshetat mano mrityum trinai kupam ivavritam. So the translation is, 
The woman created by the Lord is the representation of Maya, and one who associates with such Maya by accepting services must certainly know that this is the way of death, just like a blind veil covered with grass. So it's said here that the woman created by the Lord is the representation of Maya. So of all the forms, all the illusory forms, um, for each sex, the opposite, the opposite gender is the illusory representation of Maya. So that's the most strongest um, form of entanglement. And that's the most absorbing form of um, entanglement for each gender. So we can see how we are strongly attracted to the opposite sex. And when one gets um, in that association, I'm talking about um, a non-devotee, a karmi, they are, to they are totally bewildered from the goal of life. So the goal of life is prema pumartha mahan, is to redevelop our love for Krishna. So as conditioned souls, that is the, our career choice and that is our mission in life. And the human form of life is given for that prime purpose. And that's why there's rules and regulations. So we as the conditioned living entity uh, have to in interact with matter but under certain rules and regulations. With, with certain uh, respect of the illusory energy and, and with the, at a respectful distance. Right, so one engages with the illusory energy um, with fear and also under certain rules and regulations which are given in the Shastras. And those rules and regulations are there to, to protect us. So that's why we have the, the four regulative principles, right? No meat-eating, intoxication, uh, no gambling, and no illicit sex. So these four restrictions which to Ordinary people seem like great restrictions. Um, but they actually, the, they're, they're the, um, these are restrictions are there, but they are the pathway to freedom, and they bring one to the human form of life. It's like, um, you know, right now I'm looking for someone to stay with me, so I put an ad. Looking for a guy to stay with me. These are the rules. <laughs> So that, yeah, the rules are you can't drink and you can't eat meat and you can't bring anyone over. <laughs> Only I can bring, my friends, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> so um, one person approached me and he said, he said, yeah, everything is fine, but uh, I'm okay with everything. But there's one problem, you have placed too many restrictions. And this restriction of eating meat, he said, then where will I get my protein from? <laughs> if I don't eat this chicken breast. So I said, uh, well, you can eat you know, tofu and lentils, you can get your protein that way. But he said, yeah, that's fine, but there's too many restrictions and you can't have alcohol. So for karmis, it's, uh, th these restrictions are very, um, yeah, they find these rules very restrictive. It prohibits their sense gratification. But for us devotees, we understand that these rules are there just to bring you to the human platform and to, uh, and to not get so entangled in the material energy. So we have the four regulative principles and then on top of that we also chant Hare Krishna. So we, we chant 16 rounds, so that's the recommended um, you know, prescribed number of rounds to be chanted. So we chant Hare Krishna to, 
to bring us to the transcendental platform. So the rules and regulations are so we don't unrestrictedly engage with the illusory energy, because unrestricted engagement leads to bondage and it leads to entanglement and it further leads one down to the hellish planets. So these four activities, the four sinful activities, generate a lot of negative karma and because of that negative karma one then, one can lose one's human form of life, which the human form of life is a great gift. So someone who doesn't use the human form of life is a kripana, is a miser. So it's very ungrateful, it's, it's a very rare thing to have a human form of life and it's so ungrateful not to use it in reviving one's love for God. So that's why these um, rules and regulations are there. Uh, these are just the minimum and then there's, you know, even within devotional service we follow various rules and regulations. To, we follow the rules and regulations of sadhana bhakti to come to the platform of, of Raga Nuga Bhakti, of pure, pure you know, love of God. So there's, there's rules and even we see even in society there's rules. You just can't do whatever you want to do. You can't drive on the right hand side of the road. You can't drive in a 40 zone at 100 kilometers. And we see even in society for anything we need to do, we need to get a license. If you want to drive a car, you need to have a license. A license means there is restrictions. There are certain restrictions imposed upon you. Um, if you want to, if you want to create a building, there's so many. You have to get a builder's license to, first of all, be qualified as a builder, and then you have to follow various rules of safety, and create the building under the building code of of Australia or Victoria. So. So one has to see these rules and regulations in context. If one doesn't see the rules and regulations within the context in which they're designed, then they don't make any sense. Just like this person, he contacted me, said, there's too many restrictions. Because he doesn't understand the context of these rules and regulations. So it's too restrictive. So in the same way, these, um, if we understand the context of these rules and regulations, then they all make sense. So if you get a driving license, you understand the context behind the license is this is a 40 zone, the, the context is if you drive at 100k in a 40 zone, you're going to hurt people. There's a high chances of, a of accidents. So in the same way, these, these restrictions are there to, um, to bring us, eventually to bring us, to, to free us from material, from Maya and to bring us to the spiritual platform. So of all forms of entanglement, the, um, the opposite gender is the most absorbing. Um, and that's why, that's why there is the institution of marriage. So the, in, in the institution of marriage is basically a license given to the householder to, in, to uh, associate with the opposite sex under certain rules and regulations. It is not unrestricted. So these days we don't even have that. <laughs> it is just simply animal life. Oh, you just get together with this one, then that one, and that one. It doesn't make, you know, what's, what's the problem? And these days people say, why even get married? It's so expensive. 
all, all because they just they just say just cut to the chase. The 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 goal of that is sense gratification. So why even bother with that? But we understand from um, from the shastra that. The reason we have a big yagya and formalize the whole thing is to impress the seriousness of the matter upon both the parties and also impress upon them that you have to live under certain rules and regulations to eventually uh, support each other to become Krishna conscious. That's the whole idea behind it. So therefore, um, Therefore, one has to be very careful with associating with the opposite sex. There is the rule of two, especially for renunciates, for sannyasis and brahmacharis. Those in the renounced order of life uh, do not associate with women intimately. I remember one time His Holiness Kadamba Karana Maharaj came to my house a very long time ago. For, we invited him for, for uh, lunch. And then he had started. Um, he had started eating. Yes. And then um, I think I had to give him some book or something, which was in the car. In in the the car was parked in the basement in the car park. So I said, uh, Maharaj, I'll go. I'll go and get that. And then Maharaj said, Your wife is uh, is here. You can't leave me alone with her. And Maharaj reminded me <laughs> that uh, you know. As a sannyasi, he can't be left alone. Of course, you know, he's following the, the sannyas dharma very strictly. So the, I was reminded and then I sent her to go and, to and get what, what we needed to get. So like that, there's the rule of two. One in the renounced ashram is, uh, follows that very strictly. So we, even we see uh, Lord Chaitanya as a sannyasi, he's very strictly followed the dharma of the sannyas ashram. He did not intimately associate with any lady. He did not crack any jokes with them. All the jokes he would crack was with the male devotees. And when, if any Mataji would come, he would respectfully give them distance. Uh, you know, he would keep a good healthy distance between them. So the point is that, uh, especially for the one in the renounced uh, ashram, there is no question of intimate association. And even one who is married, the um, intimate association is only with one's, with one's wife. And that's why we call women as matajis in our society. It might sound very old-fashioned, but... <laughs> But it, that's why we call them matajis, because they are mothers or they have the potential to be mothers. And, 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 that, and that's how one should see, um, one, that's how the men should see the women as, as matajis. And that's why we address them as matajis. Of course, that might not be practical in all circumstances, like if you're doing a preaching program, and then you start calling the women matajis, they probably get offended. But but certainly within the uh, association of devotees, where everyone is practicing, then one can use those uh, these terms. The, the point being that one doesn't see the opposite gender for uh, in a lustful way and and for sense gratification.
that's why these um, you know these titles are are placed so here Narad Muni um, it might seem very contra it's, it looks very contradictory so Narad Muni is in the renounced order of life Lord Chaitanya did not associate with any women intimately and here Narad Muni he is giving uh, he's saying Kayadu please come to my ashram and and uh, you can stay stay in my ashram with me so Kayadu went there she was pregnant and she was rendering him service so Kayadu was uh, rendering him service with great with it is said here she rendered service unto Narad Muni with great devotion so um, yeah, that cannot be Im imitated. Narad Muni, as it is said here, he's an Acharya, and Acharyas are transcendental to the three modes of nature. Uh, and generally, even all the Acharyas, they, they follow the rules and regulations to set an example. But every now and then we see them, uh, what might seem like they're breaking it, but well, they cannot be criticized because the, the, the mind of a Vaishnava cannot be understood, as it is said here. And to criticize a, a great personality is a great offense. So in, in the Bhagavad Gita it is said that Mam cha yo avyabicharena bhakti yogena sevate sa gunan samatityaitan brahma bhuyaya kalpate The one who engages in full devotional service, unfailing in all circumstances, they transcend the modes of nature. So we see that the devotees, especially the acharyas, because they are fully absorbed, in the Lord's service, they have transcended the modes of nature. They're not affected by material circumstances. Whereas we are, and, and therefore we cannot imitate the great Acharyas. So here, Narad Muni has done something which is not ordinarily done. Um, so, so Kayadu was rendering him service. So you can you can imagine the situation. Uh, he's taking service from a woman. So I'd just like to read you the purport to three thirty one forty, which I had quoted earlier. Um, the woman created by the Lord is a representation of Maya, that one. And one who accepts, associates with such Maya by accepting services must certainly know that this is the way of death. So purport is, sometimes, sometimes it happens that a rejected well is covered by grass and an unwary traveler who does not know the existence of the well falls down and his death is assured. Similarly, association with the woman begins when one accepts service from her. Because woman is especially created by the Lord to give service to a man. Of course, these days we don't have that problem. <laughs> or it's less of a problem. Uh, it's not a problem, but these days it's the other way around. The man is to give service to a woman. <laughs> it's the age of equality, right? Um, By accepting a service, a man is entrapped. If he's not intelligent enough to know that she is the gateway to hellish life, he may indulge in her association very liberally. Uh, this is restriction for those who aspire 
to ascend to the transcendental platform. Even 50 years ago in Hindu society, such association was restricted. A wife could not see a husband during the daytime. Householders even had different residential quarters. The internal quarters of a residential house were for the woman, and the external quarters were for the man. Acceptance of service rendered by a woman may appear very pleasing, but one should be very cautious in accepting such service because it is clearly said that a woman is the gateway to death or forgetfulness of oneself. She blocks the path of spiritual realization. Um, so for women, this is a man, you know, likewise. So, um, no, not to get discouraged, for those who are <laughs> Kriyastas, <laughs> but the point being made is one has to associate with the opposite sex um, with un under certain rules and regulations. That's the point. And it might not be practical to have separate quarters in one's house because might not have such a big place. These days, houses are expensive, rents are expensive. You're living in apartments or, you know, small houses. And even if you have a big place, it's, um, you know, don't have to do it that way. But this is, the Vedic system was being, uh, is being described here. So the point being made is, um, is one has to associate carefully. And we even see that there's this concept of a honey trap. Uh, we see in espionage how the, in espionage, this age-old technique, age-old tradecraft of honey trap is used, in which the opposite sex is, is captured, and then they get them to reveal all the trade secrets and political secrets. Um, it's been being done from time immemorial. And, and the intelligence agencies know this is the weakness of a man and also of a woman. In, in Germany in the Second World War, um, generally this, this honey trap is set for men, but the, but the Germans, they used it on the women. <laughs> so they, in, 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 after the First World War, First or Second World War, there were a lot of widow women, because a lot of the German soldiers had been killed So in, in, in East Germany. So the East Germans, they employed these male spies, very charismatic, handsome guys. Um, they employed them to get in touch with very powerful women in West Germany. And they developed these um, connections and relationships. And in due course of time, they, they got all the NATO secrets. Um, you know, they got all the secrets out of them. So we can see how this principle is, is still being utilized today. So yeah, the point is one should not imitate the, the great Acharyas. Um, we see Lord Shiva, a lot of people try to imitate Lord Shiva, right? They say Lord Shiva is smoking ganja. So we will also smoke. Um, Lord Shiva also drank the ocean of poison, but they won't try that. So a lot of people, they try to imitate great personalities 
and and um, and even God. But imitation is is futile. Um, we have this tendency to to imitate in order to gain fame and attraction and great respect, prestige. We see even people they try to uh, imitate Krishna. So people who are into sense gratification, they want to have affairs with women, they try to justify that by saying Krishna had the Rasa Leela. Therefore we can also, ha we can also freely associate with women. Um, but Krishna also lifted the Govardhan hill. They can't even lift 100 kgs. <laughs> even, even to do that we need a lot of training, a months of training and then and only under certain favorable conditions and you know you have to keep your body in a certain way without injuring it then you could lift it but Krishna effortlessly lifted a great mountain which is you know I don't know how many kilograms is that or metric tons he just lifted it casually with, a, with his pinky finger for seven days and there was no stress there was no stress on his body like if you lift some weight there's usually a lot of stress and you have to very quickly put it down uh, maybe do some reps and that's it. Eight reps, ten reps, few sets, you're done. But Krishna, he lifted it for seven days uh, without any problem. So that cannot be imitated. If you want to imitate the Rasa Leela, then try to lift something. The Krishna also killed Putna, a five, uh, you know, a young baby. A baby killed. Uh, usually, they can't even hit a mosquito, let alone killing someone, a baby. But he killed Putna by sucking her life breast out, her life air out. So we see God, if you want to Im imitate God, then try to imitate all the activities he did. Krishna killed so many demons. Krishna pulled down the, the two trees, right? And Manigriva and Nalakwera came out of it. Yamala Arjuna trees, he pulled them down. So they were big trees, it's not, it's not easy to uproot a tree. So a, a child was able to do that. And here the example is given of Haridas Thakur. So Haridas Thakur, um, being a Namacharya, his ashram was in Benapol. Benapol is in Bangladesh. So the, um, the king or the person in charge was Ramachandra Khan. What's his name? Let me check. I made some notes. Yeah, Benapol is in Bangladesh. So Haridas Thakur, as a solitary monk, he was chanting 300,000 names of Krishna before a Tulsi plant every day. So 300,000 comes to about 172 or 173 rounds a day. Um, assuming if what they mean by names is, by 300,000 names is um, each syllable of the holy name. So there's 16 syllables in one mantra. So if you do the maths, it comes to about 172, 173 rounds. So there, there was a landlord by the name Ramachandra Khan. He was a, a, a district tax collector. So, because Haridas Thakur was chanting the holy names of the Lord so purely, and he was barely sleeping, barely eating anything, he was chanting all day and night, he uh, developed a lot of fame. 
people, people saw that and people recognized him as a great saint. And they were offering him a lot of respect and services and things. So the district tax collector became envious. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm in charge and people don't respect me as much as they're respecting him. He's, he's got nothing, he's had no position. And he's being respected so much. So he became very envious of the devotees of the Lord uh, with Haridas Thakur. So he thought, um, he wanted to discredit Haridas Thakur in some way. And he thought, I'll use the age-old, the honey trap thing. So he said, okay, I'll use some prostitutes to discredit him. And then he went and selected the best of, went and got three prostitutes, very attractive. And one of them said, um, I can help you out. And he said, okay, so the plan is, you go and be, be just be with Haridas Thakur alone. And then you go, I'll send my constable with you. And when you're alone with him, will arrest him and show that he's alone with a woman as a renunciate. So this, uh, this prostitute, she said, she said, no, first I want to get intimate with him. I want to have a union with him. Once I've done that, then the second time when I go, then you arrest him. Um, so he said, all right. So one night um, she went there and she dressed in, in a very seductive way. In the dead of the night, she went and she, she told Haridas Thakur, you're so young, strong, handsome, and, um, and I want to be alone with you. And, and she basically said, oh great preacher, great devotee, you're so beautifully built and your youth is just beginning. Who is the woman who could control her mind after seeing you? I'm eager to be united with you. My mind is greedy for this. If I don't obtain you, I shall not be able to keep my body and soul together. So this is how she approached him in a very seductive way. Uh, in the dead of the night, there's no one watching. It's all behind closed doors. So then Haridas Thakur said, um, Okay, uh, I will satisfy your desires. But I've taken a vow to chant um, 300,000 names of the, of the Lord every day. <laughs> so it's gonna, uh, once I finish that, I will satisfy all your desires. So she said, okay, I'll wait, I'll just sit here. And then he just kept chanting and the whole night passed and it was morning. So when it was morning, she said, okay, no point now. And then she, she went back and, and Ramachandra Khan said, okay, so what happened? He, she said, uh, he's taken a vow of chanting these names, but he has promised me he'll satisfy me the next day. That's what Haridas Thakur told her. So she came the next day. Again, same thing happened. Uh, she approached him. And then he said, actually, I've taken a vow to chant 10 million names of the Lord in one month. So I haven't, I haven't still finished it. I'm hoping to finish it tonight. So once I finish it, I'll satisfy your desires. So then again she sat there and hours and hours passed and he just kept, <laughs> he just kept chanting. Um, and then he said, okay, I tried my best to finish it, but I couldn't finish the rounds, so I will now satisfy you tomorrow. Come back again tomorrow. Uh, then I'll enjoy with you t to your full freedom. Um, so again she told Ramachandra Khan what happened. And then again she went. So 
because she was again the same thing happened and because she heard the holy names she was purified in due course of time she got purified and then she realized what she was doing um, and then she even realized how uh, abominable profession she had taken up to and then she asked forgiveness from Haridas Thakur and asked him for his instructions so Haridas Thakur said to her um, and she said instruct me in my duty which to get relief from material existence she basically accepted Haridas Thakur as his guru and he said okay go home um, and distribute to the brahmanas whatever property you have whatever assets you have just distribute it to the brahmanas that's what I want you to do and once you have done that then come back here the same place to this room and engage in the service of Tulsi and chant the holy names and then Haridas Thakur went traveling so that's what she did so by the association of Haridas Thakur she was chanting 300,000 names of the Lord every day so she became so exalted she was chanting 172 rounds and then people were serving her Ramachandra Khan was frustrated so we can see that Haridas Thakur a great Namacharya he did something very extraordinary and one should one cannot imitate the great Acharyas so here we are seeing the example of Narad Muni and Haridas Thakur in, in the purport being, des being described that uh, how they perform something very extraordinary and one, one cannot imitate the Acharyas because if we if we try to imitate them as ordinary ordinary jivas as ordinary devotees um, we will fall down there's no exception so it's just it's just a matter of time especially the the association of the opposite sex um, and there's a very another nice verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam in the 12th chapter of the 7th canto text 9 Nanvav Agni Pramada Nama Krita Kumba Samapuman Sutam Api Raho Jayad Anyada Yavad Arthakrit so it's said that woman is compared to fire and man is compared to a butter pot therefore a man should avoid associating even with his own daughter in a secluded place similarly he should also avoid association with other women one should associate with women only for important business and not otherwise um, so so here it's being described um, man is like butter and woman is like fire so men are generally very visual we're very visual creatures um, we are very easily distracted by tempting objects so that's why we see in the Vedic civilization women are encouraged to dress respectfully and cover their body so as not to distract the mind of a man which is very can be visually very easily distracted um, <clears throat> and and by that close association the the butter or the man just melts uh, that's why there is in, in in this verse it is said one should only deal with the opposite gender for important business and and maintain a respectful distance so therefore we cannot imitate the acharyas these rules and regulations uh, given in the scripture 
are for us, they should be followed um, to free us from entanglement with the material energy and for us to um, eventually rise to the spiritual platform to develop love for God. So are there any questions or comments or corrections? Or disagreements? No, a lot to think about. Okay. Prabhu, uh, yes, Prabhuji. Yes. Controlling the senses is very hard. Sometimes the attraction is there. So how to get off the attraction with the opposite sex? Yeah. Yes. Uh, good question. So the the senses are very strong. They are like serpents. Um, they can distract the mind, even of a man of great intelligence. So we see in Lord Chaitanya's pastime, um, who's that devotee who got attracted by the gypsies? You remember his name? It starts with a K. Hmm? No. But the Bataharis, you know, they took him. Kala Krishna Das. Yeah, thank you. So we see Kala Krishna Das was um, an intimate association of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was his like servant, and and you know he was also obviously single, and uh, so he was. He was rendering great intimate service to Lord Chaitanya. And I believe he was his cook. So Kala was cook, right? Uh, he, he was Lord Chaitanya's cook? Yeah, Lord Chaitanya's cook. So he was, you know, very intimate service he's rendering. So one time he went to get something, and the Bataharis, they were gypsies, they, they used to, you know, capture people in their camp, the men. So they used, you know, the same old trick. They, they sent some women and they captured him, and then he was over there. Then Lord Chaitanya went to the camp and he said, you have taken my servant, give him back. He has become entrapped. They said, you know, who are you? No way. And they came out with their swords and by Lord Chaitanya's uh, mystic potency, this, the same weapons turned against them. <laughs> and then they, he, he, he got him back. And then next time when he was going on his Vrindavan tour, I believe, he said, now give me some other servant. This one's a bit <laughs> weak, you know. He got distracted. I, I want some other man. So we see even uh, a person of great learning and someone who has such great association, they can also easily be distracted. Um, they, they can also fall down. So what to speak of us, right? So very good point you raised. What to speak of us if someone so great and intimate as Kala Krishna was was attracted. We even see Chota, Chota Haridas. Chota Haridas was the Kirtan leader. He was a renunciate and he just glanced once lustfully at a woman and Lord Chaitanya banished him. 
So w what to speak of us? So yes, that I guess that attraction will always be there. Uh, we are living in Kali Yuga. In Kali Yuga, everything is in our face. You know, you, the moment you step out of the temple, you go on the internet, everything is in your face. And that cannot be avoided. It's just not possible to avoid it. So, by, um, so the solution is just to intensify our sadhana to the Lord and to remain in the association of devotees. So by remaining in the association of devotees, rendering devotional service, um, and by developing, ultimately by developing an attraction to the Holy Name and to the Lord's service, by being absorbed in that, then there is some chance of being, um, then by the power of that, one can overcome it. So that, 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 is, that, is, the, that is the solution. And yes, of course, we can also do other things to, to safeguard ourselves by creating boundaries, um, by setting certain boundaries and certain standards, by not to, um, you know, not to get entangled. But ultimately, it comes down to developing an attraction for, for Krishna and his service. Simply, simply uh, setting boundaries without without attraction to the holy name and serving the holy name, then, um, then that is very difficult. Because it is for so long you can maintain these boundaries without being tempted. So by external means one cannot uh, overcome these temptations. One has to go deep spiritually. So yeah, external means is like, you know, all that's mentioned here. but. But the transcendental part is the main part. Anything else? Yes, Babaji. Even for you, as a job also, you have to attract and also like something that's a trap. How to go about that? How to go about interacting with with the opposite sex at work? Okay, well, if it's at work, it shouldn't be that hard, I'm assuming. Uh, people are, at least people are being respectful, they behave in a, you hope they behave in a civilized way. It's, it's work, it's not secluded. So, um, at work, just as mentioned, as I was quoting that verse, just keep the, any interactions, keep it professional and keep it at a business level. So anything, any interactions that you have to have with the opposite sex, uh, don't joke around too much. Don't just keep it formal and respectful. And and yeah, that's how you interact. Not just just to the point. Just enough to get the job done. Don't try to go beyond that and develop a friendship. Yeah. Anything else? Thank you very much. Granthraj Shrimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Shila Prabhupada ki jai.